Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk Now, this week we saw Sheffield United fall to a 2-0 defeat against West Ham United. Patrick Bamford returned for Leeds United in their 3-1 defeat against Southampton. Um, Bradford City suffered a 3-1 defeat at the hands of Walsall. Uh, Harrogate Town were able to claim all three points in a 1-0 victory against MK Donza and followed uh, that up with a 1-0 defeat against Wimbledon. Um, Doncaster Rovers fell to a 3-2 defeat when they clashed with Barrow before claiming a 2-0 victory against Crawley Town, which we'll cover later on in the episode. Um... Hull City played out a one-all draw against Plymouth Argyle before recording a 3-0 defeat against um, high-flying Ipswich. Uh, and Middlesbrough played out a 2-0 victory when they welcomed Cardiff City. Um, but firstly, let's start in the Championship with Huddersfield Town, who claimed a one-all draw with Ipswich Town, which was followed by a 4-1 defeat against Birmingham City. This means that Darren Moore's hunt for a first victory as Terrier's boss continues. Um, what, what do you think of the displays by, by the team? And what kind of game could we see when they actually meet Sheffield Wednesday, Leon? Well, he's, he's seen, the, he's seen the, good, the good and the bad, really, hasn't he? And, and the bad, and I suppose, obviously, he made uh, a shrewd change in his first game against, um, against Coventry and bringing on uh, Sober Thomas, and he was a lot better in the the second half and got a good point and um I was I was there on on Saturday against Ipswich and it was it was a cracking game you know two sides who really show showcase themselves well on on the day I, I think if you'd have said to Huddersfield supporters before the game you could you could take if you could take a draw would you I think you know the vast majority would but the way it went it was it's obviously disappointing with Ipswich um uh, scoring at the end, but um, I, I sort of put in my match report that you know there was a, a lot of it came going back to Neil Block, you know, but he uh, he spoke a lot about um, in his time at Huddersfield being happy with the you know the first eleven and not, not necessarily wanting to to swap them with you know most of his championship rivals and but it was what it was what sort of beneath in terms of you know the squad options we've we've no disrespect to some of the you know. You look at Huddersfield's bench; they've got some promising young players who are coming through, but they, you know, they do still need some wool on the back at um, at this level. And um, you know, that's ultimately what, for me, decided the um, the turnaround in the game on Saturday. Ipswich's um, substitutes just had that bit more, and I just look at Huddersfield when they have one or two key injuries in games or one or two out, they just look a bit thin. I mean, Jonathan Hogg, he came off. I think it was about 71, 72 minutes. He'd had um, a really good game, typical Jonathan Hogg, you know, putting himself about in midfield and always there, snapping at the opposition. And, um, 
you know, getting Huddersfield around the park and, you know, and enabling Rodoni and Wiles to sort of bomb around. And, you know, it was a big hole when he, when he um, came off and Josh Garoma came off as well. I think he was just, he just giving everything really. And especially in those three games, the Huddersfield are in one of those three game championship weeks. He does sort of find out his sort of squad depth and, he obviously went to went to Birmingham. Hogg wasn't available. More felt he had to sort of freshen it up, and he gave Karoma a rest. He put um, Yuta Nakayama in midfield. All accounts with with Hogg not being available. And it's just having that sort of no disrespect to Nakayama, who's a I think he's a very you know he's a, he offers a lot of versatility, but primarily he's a I think he'd say himself you know he's a he's a defender, isn't he? A, you know, a full back, wing back. So he's having to have a little turn in, in midfield. He just, yeah, I just look at Huddersfield's squad depth and it sort of, it, it looks like it can find them out a little bit. They certainly need another, another, another forward, I would say. And I, I think somebody to, to act as more sort of cover for Hog. The book, obviously got David Kasuma, but, you know, unfortunately it's difficult to get him on the, on the part for a consistent run. He's, he's suffered a fair bit with, with injuries. So yeah, it was found out a little bit at, um, at uh, Birmingham, and he, he saw the bad side of them at, at Darren Moore. You know, by all accounts, a, a, a pretty rough display. Even though you know Birmingham, to be fair, I think they're a, they're a better side um, this this season certainly than, than they were last. So, yeah, they they go into the to the derby at Sheffield Wednesday. There's going to be a hell of a lot made of Moore going back to his old club. I'm sure he'll just just keep focused and, and deflect that. And um, you know, Huddersfield need a response regardless of of more going back to his old club, you know, no club, especially after a low in midweek, wants another one going into an international break. So, you know, he's finding out about his players and um, it, it was, he's probably found out more against Birmingham than he did in the, the previous two games. So, um, yeah, it's just that squad sort of depth issue that's a little bit of a, of a worry, worry for me, Huddersfield-wise. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that was one of the one of the issues that clearly grated with Neil Warnock towards the end. He wanted more signings to to provide that depth, didn't he? he as Leon says, he, he knew the strength of his starting eleven. Excuse me, he was a bit worried about the depth, and uh, that is something they're going to have to have to address in January. But until now, you know, it's a matter of finding solutions from from what they've got. But yeah, t- I mean, in terms of the bigger picture for them, you know, obviously. For everything we've talked about, Sheffield Wednesday, they'll, they'll go to Hillsborough, really wanting to take something and to you know make them. There can't be many better times to go to Hillsborough in terms of the, you know the the, the, the state that Sheffield Wednesday are in and the toxicity around the club. So, if they can get that response, obviously, it's massive. They've got they've got two points from from Moore's first few games. If they can make it three, you know, ideally five. Then I think they're in good shape going into the international break, which is really the big time for Darren Moore. He's, he's a manager who always talks about how he how he loves to spend time on the training ground. So to have two weeks to really get his ideas into the team is is essential. And then if you if you look at what they come out of, uh, they've got three home games of the next four. All five games between now and the next international break are actually in Yorkshire, one way or another. Um, that's the period they really need to kick on and show and show this training ground work. So I think I think for now it's 
it's more about just making sure, as Leon says, they don't go into the back of it on two really damaging results and two really damaging performances so that they've got a good good basis to do that work. But yeah, I mean, it is the nature of the championship. You know, uh, we, we we saw it with, with Leeds United at, at Southampton the other day. We see it. We see it every week, particularly every three-game week, where you just get these results out of nowhere. And it really is an important quality of championship players that you have to have the mental resolve to just park one bad result, learn the lessons and move on very quickly. And, and that's what Huddersfield are, are going to have to do. But, you know, I've, I've, I've been encouraged by the, the you know, the, the, the two games preceding it. Talked in, early in the season about how they'd had sort of uncharacteristic mistakes from from really key players in the first few a few matches of, of the season, you know both the Coventry game and the Ipswich game were notable for outstanding saves by Lee Nichols. Um, you know he's he's a player you can you can bank on. You know the one positive of Birmingham was that that Tom Lee's name was on the team sheet again. Um, Moore's work with him at Sheffield Wednesday. He'll be delighted to have him him back in the fray. I think there's I think there's more positive than negative, but obviously. Um, you know, a bad result at the weekend will, as it always does, sort of change and, and shape perceptions in a different direction. It's just 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 hard quickly, Stuart, isn't it? I, I think the Huddersfield, but certainly more especially Rotherham, you know, those three game weeks are just so, ask so much of you, don't they, in, in, yeah. in terms of, you know, being able to, to, to stay fresh and mentally, mentally attuned and Physically strong, you know, for those um, three three games in, in a week, such a big test. You know, Rotherham, are, you know, they'll they'll be finding that out. I mean, they had um, they had a Wednesday Saturday recently, didn't they? Going from you know Millwall away to to Preston, they'll have um, they've got another this week, and I think they've got another one a little bit further down down the line as well. And um, you know, with respect for the clubs like Leicester and Leeds, who um, you know, we've got the, the sort of the better squad resources. It's not it's not so much of a problem, isn't it? Really, it's just trying to find the right sort of st- starting eleven for um, you know for for Huddersfield and, and definitely Rotherham have been suffering from injuries as well on top of everything else. You know, it, it is so hard, isn't it? And um, you know, a real additional thing to um, to contend with if you can sort of, especially this sort of you know autumn winter. And it gets into the grind of the season. If you can sort of cope with that, it can really you know, it can set you up for the for the second half of the uh, of the season. And um, but you know, I think when you are with respect to Huddersfield and a, and the Rotherham, you're going to get the odd um, bump in the road. That's for sure. And you know, they're particularly hard for players like Jonathan Hogg, you know, like Liam Cooper, like Johnny House, and you know, play, players who've got a, a, a lot of a lot of miles on the clock. But are really important to those teams. That's the difficulty, isn't it? You know, you'd you'd like to be able to dip a, a player like Hogging and out. But as, as Leon's just emphasised, particularly when David Consumer's injured, but even when he's he's fit, it's such a big it's such a big loss when you suddenly take take Hog out of that team. You know, even though there are other leaders, he's 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 so key to that team, and that's that's the luxury is that, that Leon says that you know some of the big clubs have in that they can they can bring players in in like that you know if you're if you're as Leon says a rather a, a Huddersfield a low budget club it's really difficult to 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 replace that quality and leadership like for like in, in one go and that's I say that's why you get all these freak results 
in these in these three game weeks, and that's why having that depth is so is so important to a team. I think when you're having two of the three, two of the three away from home, Stuart as well. Um, I suppose depending on the opponent, you can sort of almost try and be cute and get away with it. And I think you've got two home games, but um, when it's two away, it can be different. And uh, now we turn to League One, where Barnsley fell to a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Blackpool when Loney Jordan Rhodes slotted away a 24th-minute penalty. Um, that isn't to say that the home side didn't have their own chances. Uh, John McAtee saw a shot blocked inside the first 10 minutes of the game. He also saw a shot blaze over the bar with 14 minutes uh, of the game to go. Um, they managed to bounce back, however, with a 4-0 victory against Cambridge United, which was their fourth consecutive League One away victory. Um, what was your assessment of the game, and what, what could we expect in their um, game against Exeter City, Stuart? Well, I think I think um, I was at I was at the game against Blackpool, and they were okay. It was kind of my assessment from it. They weren't. Uh, they weren't brilliant, um, but as you, as you pointed out, they made they made quite a few chances. They just needed to be a bit more ruthless in terms of taking them. It wasn't a game you walked away from and thought Barnsley are in a in a whole load of trouble here. But you know, neither was it a game where you you walked away and thought everything everything's where it should be. Um, that that's that's four defeats at home already, um, and they've all been. Yeah, talked in the past about how League One has basically been a division of, of two divisions. They've all been against sort of top division teams, if you see what I mean. Teams you'd expect to be at the top end. So there clearly is a problem there. And I, I suppose the issue is that that problem doesn't get into their heads and they don't go into games, you know, against the likes of, you know, the Boltons and Derbys of this division at home, sort of fearing what's what, what's going to happen. Um, but then you know the, the flip side was was midweek, and you just look at things and you think they, they seem to be in a really good a really good shape away from home. You know, four four wins and a draw, eleven goals scored, only two conceded. You know, they look a really they look really well set up um, to do the job away from home. Um, you know, you've got to be frank to to be to be okay at home. And great away will possibly just about get them where they where they want to be. But you know, it's just it's just naturally, you know, the whole point of sport is you're always looking to be better, and just just nailing down that home record is just uh, is just an area they need to improve. They've been probably over well, not probably they have been over reliant on uh, Devante Cole's goals at home. They need some of the other forward players to chip in you know and hopefully um hopefully Max Waters scoring in midweek can kickstart him you know I thought Sam Sam Cosgrove's performance at the weekend was very good but it needed that goal same with same with John McAtee I thought in the first half when Barnsley were pretty you know below standard he he was the brightest light but then he he missed you know possibly the best chance of the game so if if a couple of those lads can can just you know, break the duck, get get scoring again. I think Barnsley could be a different prospect and and go up another level. But it's a long way from panic stations. You know, we're talking a lot today about teams who are at the wrong end of the table and have got problem upon problem. Barnsley, it's it's more a case of fine tuning. It's not 
it's not anything to, to panic about. And of course, this is a this is a new manager, and like most teams, he, he's still got new signings. He's, he's bedding in. I think things are, things are generally going in the in the right direction. It's just a case of pressing the accelerator a bit harder at home. Mm. Yeah, there are there are wave the wave has been outstanding all all year. I think I think they've only lost a couple, haven't they? This this calendar year, one of them mm. funny, one of them funny enough that. Exeter in the uh, in that rearranged game, so that would be nice for those players who were in, you know, part of that side who, who lost it. That's that's a nice little incentive going into into that particular game. And with um, with the postponement in the international break, they're on. I think they're on a run, aren't they? Of three away games now. They've yeah. obviously um, won at Cambridge, they've got Exeter, and um, I think the other one's Orient, isn't it? So I don't think at the minute they'll. Neil Collins and and the players will be will be too fussed about that. They're you know they're the confident away from home, and that's something that they were for the vast majority of, uh, of of last season, not just this year. They were they were hard to score against um, away from home. They kept um, they kept a tight ship. I, I can't remember the exact statistic, but there was they went for a long spell without conceding in the in the second half of away games. It's about this time last year, a, 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 you know, a heck of a long, a long spell, and they got they got a lot, lots of um, lot of clean sheets. But yeah, it's a good. As Stuart said, it's um, it's uh, it's not first world problems. They have, you know, it's, it's sort of one problem in a season. If they can, if they can ma- manage to sort of um, sort out the, the home form a little bit. Um, I think I, I listened to Neil Collins. He was saying that obviously lost four at home, but. Have suffered from conceding um, conceding penalties that might point to a bit of a you know a disciplinary um, issue just in concentration can, that's one thing that they can you know actively do to sort of try and try and help themselves but you know let's not forget as well you know Barnsley's home for, home form last season was was strong as well so they've got you know the vast majority of the players who were still here should have that in the the back of the of the mindset. It could be one of those where it just takes the good, uh, strong home home win against hopefully one of the one of the better sides to to start um, start arresting that because you know as Stuart said there's not too much fundamentally wrong with with Barnsley and they've got one or two players to come back in, into the squad as well. I don't think um, Barnsley have played one or two of the, of the better sides in in League League One, but it doesn't to me. Have the feeling it'd been quite as strong as it was last year, even though you know some teams have improved. Portsmouth are going well. You know the likes of Oxford and um, Peterborough are always a threat, and they've all they've all managed to win it uh, at Barnsley. So I think you know I think it will. It's a competitive division, but I don't. I don't think it's it. it you know it is as ultimately as strong. That I don't think there's going to be an Ipswich on the scene, or you know even a. Even the Sheffield Wednesday were extremely strong. Like they two two thirds of that season, Plymouth as well. So I think it'd be a bit more open this year. And um, yeah, problem uh, one or two problems on home soil to arrest for Barnsley, but they're not major, huge fundamental problems. Yeah, and I, th- I think with regards to the, to the home record as well. I mean, you know, one reason we're always back in the drum about don't draw conclusions too early is because, of course, who you play in the early stages does frame things and you know the next three away game uh, sorry three home games some of them quite a way off but they're 
Shrewsbury, Fleetwood and Carlisle, all, you know, good opportunities to to put that home record right. And, you know, if they were to win all, the, all those three games, as they ought to, you know, if you, if you just go by the form table, then suddenly, you know, f- five wins and, and, and four defeats doesn't look so bad a home record. So, you know, as I say, it's important just to keep everything in perspective, uh, in, in perspective with regards to Barnsley. They're certainly not happy with where they are, but uh, equally no cause for panic. Yeah, this time last year as well, I think they'd had a few early home defeats, haven't they? I think Wickham had gone there and um, won there convincingly. They lost to Lincoln. They'd lost, by about mid-autumn of last year, they'd lost about three or four at home. And then um, they had some decent pitches and, and started to turn that around. So that's, you know, 12 months on, that's going to be the aim again. And uh, finally for this week, we turn to League Two and Doncaster Rovers, who overcame Crawley Town uh, in a 2-0 victory, which was their third victory in four games. Uh, Donny opened the scoring in the 27th minute after Joe Ironside picked out Modu Fall, uh, before Ironside got himself on the score sheet through a penalty in the 62nd minute of the encounter. Um, what was your assessment of the game, Stuart, and how do you think Grant McCann's side will approach their upcoming game against Stockport County? Uh, well, with, with confidence, first and foremost, I, I think um, I think what's happening at Doncaster at the moment is a is a bit of a lesson to other clubs. I mean, not not every circumstance is the, is the same, but you know there were a few sort of things I came away from that from that game against uh, for, for that uh, from that midweek game against the Crawley team who were on really top form. You know, five five wins on on the trot, joint top of the table. Uh, a few lessons you came away with. I mean, you, you mentioned three wins out of four. Uh, you've got to remember that before those three wins out of four, they hadn't won a league game. You know, they were they were bottom of the table. I think they'd only got two points at that stage. You know, they they were really struggling. It shows the value of patience when you when you've got a manager who, you know, is 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 working towards something, and you can just see signs that it it's coming. It is worth sticking to them. I say that you know the other thing. Talking after the game, I mean, Ironside and and Mofar were both um, excellent for for Doncaster. You know, unsurprisingly, as strikers in a in a struggling team, their seasons have taken a, a little while to get going. And you know, Grant McCann was talking about how he'd been showing Ironside clips of all his goals to to put confidence in him. And then we spoke to to Mofar after the game. It was, a young player, twenty years old, alone from from West Bromwich Albion, and he was talking about how getting his first goal in in League One football, which was uh, a Wrexham at the start of September, how that the, the big effect that had on it, on his confidence. And say, referring back to Barnsley now, hopefully, you know, Walt, Max Waters getting his first goal of the season that can do the same for him at Barnsley, and and you know, hopefully down the line. Sam Cosgrove can can follow down that route. It it does show that we're all guilty, all of us in football, of just reaching conclusions too soon. And sometimes it just does need a bit of time, particularly when you're making big changes, as has been the case at Doncaster, to just get things up and running. And you know, from a few weeks ago, you you looking at the league table and, and really starting to to worry about where things were going at Doncaster. All of a sudden, you know, you look at that squad, you look at that manager, you look at the last few results, and you think, yeah, you know, think, things are going in the right direction. They'll, they'll be in good shape. And you know, you, you mentioned the Stockport game specifically. 
a, a good thing about this run is they beat Gillingham at home, they beat Crawley at home. They don't have anything to fear from teams of the quality of Stockport County. You know, um, they they are a team that seem to almost do better against the, against the better teams in the division. So hopefully um, they can keep this run going. But re- regardless of whether they do or not, it, it feels like a club that that's found its feet after a, a settling in period, which was inevitable really when you. When you look at what they w- they went through over the summer, yeah, I think I think they've had a little had a bit of early season ad- adversity, and obviously for the players on the back of the ones who've been around for a bit on the back of what happened at the end of last season, some of them even the season before, you know, that was a real examination of character, wasn't it? There was a big, you know, there's a fair bit of noise about Doncaster in the close season, they kind of come back, they made quite a lot of new of, of new signings. And uh, you know it, it fell flat, didn't it? You know, when, the, when the season started, lost the first game to to Harrogate and uh, a rough old uh, start. So one or two of the old questions were, were, were being asked. Tough as well for the lads who've have come in. You know, some of them have, have been in been in non-league, another chance in the league, and uh, another opportunity, and it didn't go the way that, that they wanted early on. Factoring there were a hell of a lot of injuries that, that suffered as well, which. Um, yeah, it's never easy for a new um, manager to contend with. I, I just sort of wonder how much that I, I did the. Well, it was only a cup game, but the Everton game. They were very unlucky to to end up losing that. Really, how much psychologically it must have given them that confidence to say, "Yeah, we can, uh, uh, we can compete. We've got a, f- a fair bit here in in the building." And um, I think the next game they drew, and. But they, I think, was it Tommy Rowe got sent off and they played basically a second half with with ten men against um, Swindon and managed to dig out a draw. So I think psychologically that as well, that's probably set them up well. And by all accounts, they went to Wrexham and were extremely unlucky not to get to get something there. So yeah, McCann's not panicked as, as Stuart said. Um, some of the players have, you know, they've stepped up to the front and. Don't forget as well, Rich, Richard Wood's not not playing at the minute. But we've had the Ben Closers, the the Tommy Rose, uh, Joe I inside, who you know looked, you know when when Rovers brought him in in the summer, he's a proven track record at this level. He's a good operator and he's uh, he's got one or two goals now to to settle him down. And um, yeah, McCann can be, can be pleased with the with the metal that the that they're showing, but it's only. It's only a start, isn't it? Obviously, got a tough one at um, at Stockport next up, and that'll that'll be a, a good examination, given the you know the, the couple of results against two of the sides who've done well early in Gillingham and and, and Crawley. So yeah, hopefully Rovers are, are getting back on the right track. And you know, worth saying as well, we talk about new signing settling in as well. You know, he signed some players. They also mentioned. Uh, as mentioned, Richard Wood has signed some players who've, who've really been uh, been around the, the track a few times, but he's also signed a few who, you know, stepping into league football for the first time. And you know, on that Tuesday night, I was really impressed with the the two outside centre backs. You know, Owen Bailey, who's who's come from non-league football in uh, in Gateshead, uh, and Tom Nixon, who was a who was a young player at, at Hull City, but but didn't uh, didn't play any league football for them. The, you know, you know them like like Mo Farr, They're stepping up to 
to league football for the first time, and th- and those two uh, those two centre backs were were terrific. I mean, Nixon ran him, ran himself so hard. There was there was literally a moment in the 89th minute where he he ran down to the byline, won a corner, and just collapsed over the uh, over the byline with cramp. He, he just put so much so much running in, and it's it's really pleasing to see. You know, young lads like that in, in an environment sort of created for them by the likes of Richard Wood, the likes of Tommy Rowe, and even you know Joe Ironside, who's not exactly knocking on, but uh, you know, sort of has, has played a few games at this level. Just just nursing these young lads through, you know, the the, the sensible, not get carried away nature of Grant McCann, not allowing this difficult start to sort of spread panic and uh yeah it's it, you know it's good to see a club sort of going about things the right way holding its nerves starting to get a, a few a few fruits of the success but you know as leon pointed out just as we needn't get carried away by that poor start so this has only been four games and three wins we can't get too carried away by this it's not like uh it's not like they need to be booking the open the open top bus uh bus now but but things do feel as though they've turned decisively for them. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshall, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football, or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages, or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves, and bye for now.